now to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that tries to condense some of the interviews that we conducted on an action-packed weekend of sport on KCLR, two to six every Saturday and Sunday. We discussed a whole bunch of topics from basketball to soccer to greyhound race, and as we always do, and we'll be hearing a lot about that in the coming hour or two, but there's only really one place to start, Kilkenny. Back-to-back wins in the Walsh Cup. They went up against Leash, and we're going to hear from Kilkenny manager, Mr. Derek Ling. Derek, well done. Uh, two from two. You'd have to be happy. The scoreline was good and uh, got a chance again to give a few players a run out. Yeah, no, um, good display and like I said, uh, look at that. It was really good from everybody and um, we got to see a good few players again today and you know, as the game went on, we got better, which was good to see and you know, our hurling was a little bit better. Um, and the reality of it is, we have a huge amount on. So look, hopefully we can keep that, uh, you know, keep improving week on week. And you'd be happy the first half very, very competitive because Leash put it up to you. They were leading after twenty six minutes. Yeah, they were. And look at them. I'm not surprised. They, they've good. They've really good hurlers. And um, look, they're only down from say down McDonough this year. And look, he's probably come down last year, but. Um, they have a lot of experience there. They have a lot of young players coming through as well. And look, everybody is taking the Welsh Cup as preparation for the league. So we won't read a huge, a huge amount into it. But at the same time, it's nice to get nice to get minutes into lads, get a decent display in, and we look forward to you know Wexford going down there next week. It'll be another good game for us. Plenty of good scores today. Yeah, good scores. As the game went on, we definitely you know used the ball a little bit better, and you know lads were kind of getting into the game a little bit more which is only natural really at this, this time of year so um, so re- happy with that We were saying of the newcomers and the lads you brought up from the under mm. 20 team Dahl put their hands up but it was interesting to look at the fellas that are around the while they certainly put their hands up today as well there were some good performances from the experienced players Absolutely no look all of them were top class um, and have been since they've come back training attitude was really good and like you wouldn't expect anything else but you know the younger lads are doing well as well. There's still a bit to go, and we won't be getting you know we won't be getting too carried away. But look, they're they're doing well, and um, look, we're trying to get a bit of a balance into the team, mixing the I suppose a bit of youth in there as well. But um, you know, so far, so far they've all been very good, and um, you know we've a weeks. I suppose every week we're working hard, and come the weekend then we're looking to try and put in performances, but. You know, it's it's about just getting the work in now this time of year, and you know, getting ready for Antrim in February. You're busy enough. You said just preparation for the league, but at the same time, you said to me last week you'd like to win the Welsh Cup. You'd like to get there one week at a time. It's Wexford next week, as you said. It won't be easy, but you're in a good position with a scoring difference at the moment. Yeah, look, I, I mean, yeah, I, I I would like to any game you're winning, you like to be, sorry, any game you're playing, you like to be winning. That's just that's the nature of it. That's what you want to do, and you want to be competitive. Otherwise, the games will be meaningless. So. We'll go down there next week. We'll try and give a good account of ourselves and see if that's good enough to get us to a final. If it is, it's a bonus. If we don't, that's fine. We, we'll get back to training the following week and we get start to get ready for Antrim then. And how was Derek Ling feeling after two weeks in the most prestigious job in hurling, I suppose, uh, after following in the footsteps of Brian Cody? How are you feeling after two weeks? You're obviously enjoying it with two uh, wins, but overall... I look at it, I'm enjoying it, I'm not overthinking it. I mean I'm just enjoying the training and we've a really good group there and it's a matter of taking it week on week and you know we're not gonna change the world or anything but it's it's uh, it's hurling at the end of the day but we all enjoy it and yeah look there's a good buzz there and we're looking to build on that now and keep it going. And before I let you go, a big weekend, Kilkenny hurling Wexford next week. Shamrocks are in Croke Park, so you still have the Ballyhale lads to come back, but a big weekend for them next weekend, Derek. Yeah, huge weekend for them and um, look up today up till now they've had a great year and it'd be great if they can finish that off. Um, you know, wish them well obviously and you know at some point we'll see them back again but 
you know, um, it's a big challenge for them next week, but I've no doubt they're preparing well for it. Well, listen, we hope you prepare well for Wexford. I'll see you in Wexford Park. Well done today. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Come on, Derek. Thanks a million. Thanks. And the role, and there was a gallant performance released for a certain distance in the match. You went out of it a little bit, but the Kenny were accomplished in the end. And in fairness, you missed a glorious opportunity before half time, three scores, and probably midway through the second half also. Yeah, look, we, we started very positively. It probably fell away a bit there. Probably said strong for 35, 40 minutes. It fell away a bit then, but it's a very positive first half performance. It was, we were leading, I think, after 25 minutes. So we'll take the positives from on. We've plenty of learnings there as well. It's disappointing to fall away like that, but. At the end of the day, there's plenty of learnings there for us going into the league. Big battle next week, Leash and Offaly. doesn't come much better than that in a hurling match. No, it's, again, it's great preparation for the league. Like, we're, we're taking every game as it comes. Today was disappointing. You want to win every game you play, but you're still learning, you're still going forward. Looking forward to next weekend again, Offaly now. It's a nice old rivalry there as well, so looking forward to that. That's a big game as well. You want to get a win there. And well, Kenny got a big score to lose a match and score 221. You wouldn't lose too many matches scoring 221, but you and Oakle Kenny or Kenny end of your own a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you get not an easy against Kilkenny, like they're in the in the final last year, they're probably one of the most established counties there ever was, like in Ireland. So you get not an easy there, they were fairly strong out there as well. There today, like, and um, so look, we'll take the positives and go forward. It was disappointing from for the last 30 minutes, but it was very good first half. We were, as I said, we were probably leading after 25 minutes, didn't score. We only scored one seven, I think, in the second half, yeah. so that's the difference. Good few wides as well, but there's plenty of learnings to be taken, and it's only early, it's early January, so there's we'll take the learnings and move on. Okay, now the league is coming behind the Walsh Cup as well. You take the Walsh Cup first, but there's going to be no rest for the wicket, and it's going to be hurling all the way. And then the Joe Mack is going to be a great competition. And Leash kind of scoring 221, Kenny, and awfully doing well last week. Carl or there, it's going to be a good competition, always is. Oh, without a doubt, like well, obviously, we're not looking past off for next week, but then the league you have Tip, Waterford, yeah. Kilkenny. Antrim, Dublin, and then you're staring a couple of weeks off, and then awfully in the first round of Joe Max. So there's no easy games. There's plenty of hurling ahead of you. Like it's it's exactly what you want. Like you want to be hurling games, but it's it's going to come come very thick and fast. And we have to be ready. So that's where like so today will stand to us once we learn from it and go forward. You're still driving that ball a mile. I think you finished up at four or five today, did you? Uh, no, Jess. I wish it was four or five. No, it was three was it? Three, I think. Yeah. yeah, three in the first half. But um, a few ways there myself as well. Need to be more concentrated on them ones. But we'll work on it during the week and try and get it right for next week. Okay, just before I do let you go, Mickey, watch myself do a bit of fun on the on the commentaries. And we do know that Abbey Leaks is a great tradition with golf. I played the course a few times. I do enjoy it. But good golfers over there. Mickey said that you told them one time you were a good golfer so our listeners now want to know if been texting in what's the handicap? Uh, 5.2 is the index Right well Mrs Murphy if you're listening he's a good player at 5.2 Listen Index good to see you wish you well for 2023 and as always keep up the great work you're doing great work with Leash Hurling and long may continue but some great performances out there today so well done Thank you thanks very much No bother any thanks Cheers Burn Rangers the chairperson Mr Karen Bulger Karen, how are you doing sir? Hi Shane, how are you? I'm very good and thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us today. A great story came out in regards to Carlo Intercounty players and one in particular, Mr Larkin Dial, the first representative from your club, Burn Rangers, to be able to represent the Barrowsiders. Yeah, obviously it's it's a great honour for Larkin, his family and the, the club. And I suppose for the club it's a culmination of you know the years of good coaching and effort that Larkin and all the coaches have put in since 2009 when uh, Hurling and Camogie were introduced into the area. And when you're talking about it, it's just for people, maybe our Kilkenny listeners and stuff, but can you give us a bit of a history into the club and how long you have been going? 
Yeah, so the, the hurling in Camogie started in 2009. Uh, like, I, I hate to use the, the phrase, you know, it's football territory. So uh, to introduce the hurling in Camogie um, in 2009, 2009 was, you know, a big move because there was no tradition. And at the end, there weren't people that didn't hurl and there having people in the area of hurled with various clubs in Carlow. But, you know, it didn't have that tradition in the area. So it was a big move in 2009 and similarly in 2015 to start the, the adult hurling. Um, and obviously, you know, we're hurling at junior level in, in both the, the hurling and camogie. Um, so it's the ballon Rateau area uh, that, you know, we play, we, we play in. Uh, so the three football clubs are obviously Kilbride, Cox and Ballon. So there is a mixture of guys and, and girls who play both um, hurling, camogie and football. But, you know, what we're seeing more and more is that people are beginning to specialise more in one or the other. Because uh, obviously the dual aspect, it's, it's, it's difficult one to, to, to manage. Yeah, and we've seen that over the years, particularly in Camogie with players playing two games in the same day in different counties or meant to be. But it, it's great to get to see that people have kind of taken to it. You mentioned it's football country, but it's it's starting to kind of come to fruition now and starting wheeling success with uh, Leinster fixture that you just had. You were in the junior final on the Hurland side of things, in another final on the Camogie side of things, and the underage setup as well, doing tremendously well on Camogie. Yeah, in, in in both. I mean, like I know Lorcan obviously uh, was the first representative on adult hurling, but we've had um, adult representatives on the Camogie. So we've had Aoife and Emer and Shauna who've represented uh, us on the Camogie side, which is which is great as well. Um, and it needs to be mentioned. Uh, but underage, I suppose we would we would like to think that we 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 hurl and take Camogie at a fairly high level. It's just making that step from underage to to adult. Uh, I know myself from uh, my Kenny background. Like it's it's great when you have a strong senior or adult team because it quickly brings along uh, the younger hurlers because they're going to be training at a higher level in both you know uh, speed of thought, speed of foot, um, and striking and, and the various drills that they would be taking part in, and maybe perhaps even the level of coaching that they would receive. So, you know, it's very important that we do bring underage players, not only for the club, but obviously for, for Carlo Hurling, um, you know, to introduce new players who may have gone the football path, but may now uh, have an option of, of pursuing the, the, their Hurling or Camogie career. Uh, and that can only benefit uh, Hurling and Camogie and Carlo. Yeah, it's, a, it's about keeping the avenue open for everybody. And we've seen kind of Carlo Hurling start to come to a, a, a fruition now over the past few years, particularly in my time working with KCLR. We're obviously paying a lot more attention to it on that kind of thing and having Colin Bonner in there. Now Tom Mullally is in there. He's doing great things with Nace. So you're, you're continuing to excel and having more clubs then is for the betterment of the whole GEA within the community. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a numbers game. There's a small number of hurling and camogie clubs in Carlow. Like, no one can deny that. Um, you know, the involvement of the Kilkenny League for, um, you know, adult hurling and underage hurling is great. Like, um, our, our minor hurling team actually won the Kilkenny uh, League uh, this 2022 Ryan, Ryan C. And, you know, it was great for their development, uh, you know, the standard of, of teams they're playing against. And it just ups their skill level. So, um, and the standard of hurling in Carlo is very strong. It's, it's just a numbers game. Like with, with so few clubs, it's hard to bring that to uh, county level then.
Yeah, because like, a lot of people would kind of not lament if you're if you're from Mount Lister Rangers or if you're if you're from St Mullins you, or Airog on the football side of things. You look at the dominance that they were able to have, but we're starting to see a lot more of a competitive Carlow League at every every level, you know. And it was great to get to see Clonmore do their thing in Leinster. But certainly, then from your perspective, having your first ever game in Leinster, it just must have been a tremendously proud day for you and for everybody involved in the club. Oh, look, it's it's an honour to represent uh, your your county. There's no doubt about that, whether you're putting on the county jersey or you're representing them at club level. And you do your utmost, um, you know, for your county. So, yeah, absolutely, for the club to play in Melick there recently, uh, you know, better team won, there's no issues. But it's great for the players to experience that. And it's now great to see that um, for younger players that they will be recognised at uh, adults level and inter-county level, even though, you know, as we say, we are a junior hurling club because probably years and years ago, uh, players who participated at junior level wouldn't be considered or looked at. So it's a great boost for Burn Rangers and we know we have the players coming through, but it's, 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 it's not that easy. Like uh, different things can happen. College, they travel, um, you know, they may pursue the fo- football, soccer, our rugby indeed, like there's lots of sports in the area that um, kids can get distracted with. So um, it's it's very important that, you know, we keep pushing it. I mean, we have a number of players last year involved with the minor hurling squad, uh, seven or eight, similar numbers this year. But that doesn't guarantee a success. It's, it's no guarantee that they'll come through to play adult hurling or indeed kabogi. So it's all about encouraging, keeping the right environment in the club where, you, you know, you, you bring players along. And if, if they're good enough and they want to commit to playing inter-county level, brilliant. But there's no expectation. Like, you know, we all put different values on things nowadays. And it's really great that you're saying that and you're seeing the guys and, and girls in the minor level and then going on to the adult level. And you're going to see more of that as the time progresses. You're talking about starting off in 2009 and it is a very slow build to be able to establish a club. I've done it in rugby and I've done it in soccer myself and it takes a long time to achieve. First of all, if you're counting success as silverware to achieve that, but more probably importantly counting success as having the development of players and the development of different people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I, I hate saying it's a numbers game, but it really is. And we're all about participation um, because no one knows, you know, up to the age of 17 and 18, uh, where a person will go. You know, they may not be the most skillful, they may not be the fastest, but you could be looking at the next chairperson, treasurer, secretary in a club. So it's so, so important, both from, you know, participation, social interaction, that you keep all young boys and girls involved in sports. Like there's a huge dropout in sports, especially for girls, um, at, you know, 15, 16 uh, onwards. So it's really, really important that you create that environment where it isn't all about silverware. I mean, it is nice to get silverware. It's lovely to see the likes of Lorcan achieve uh, inter-county standard. But that's not the be-all and end-all for, for any club because obviously, you know, we have over 300 members in our club. So, you know, to name just one or two, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we forget the 298 other members that might be in the club. You know, everyone in the club has a place. Well, Karen, it's tremendously exciting to get to hear what you're having to say. Um, do you press any kind of goals then for next year? We know we're talking about the finals he got in and one of the things that really struck me at the time when he posted it on social media is, oh, we're very kind of sick to hear the three cheers for Burn Rangers. You kind of want to go on. So no doubt that there's a bit of a, a, a festering 
need to be able to capture those that silverware and then make the step ups? Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd be the first to say, uh, and, and, and people are very supportive of Burn Rangers and, and, and what it brings to the county in terms of hurling camogie. And many people who we've met over the years said, you're doing great work. And they're lovely platitudes to hear. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, just to have a little bit of silverware, it just shows that the project, you know, is working. Uh, that you know the coaches are as good as we think we are the players are as good as we think we are the parents are as great as we think they are for for encouraging their kids to play hurling and camogie it just gives you that little bit of justification reinforcement a little bit of drive then for for uh, the, you know the following year um like we have been beaten in two junior finals um no one likes losing you know um but if we were beaten by the better teams like we we've no issues with that so I suppose what doesn't break you makes you stronger. And I know we are bringing the talent through, but as I said, it's, it's like every club, uh, both in Carroll and Kilkenny, have the same issue. Lots of great players come through underage that never make it adults. There are no guarantees. But it's more about maybe the culture in the club. You know, we won't give up. We'll stick with it, like. And I have no doubt uh, in the not-so-distant future, we will be county champions. Um, and, you know, our aspiration at every level is to play hurling camogie at the highest level. And obviously then that means playing playing senior, senior hurling and senior camogie. Well, we look forward to following that journey next year, Kieran. You've been tremendously kind with your time. Thank you very much for filling us in on everything with Burn Rangers. After that, great news story of uh, Larkin getting to be the first representative and then kind of delving into how that happens it doesn't just happen out of nowhere it's a very nice picture and it's a very nice tagline that you can put on it but to see what goes in behind it and to hear what goes in behind it I think is quite important so thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today sir Okay, thanks very much. Thanks for letting me speak. Thank you. That's Kieran Bulger. You may have heard him. He was giving us reports on Mount Leinster Rangers and Burren Rangers there not so long ago. But he is the chairperson of Burren Rangers. A tremendous story. I'm going to look forward to following their journey in the up. You're very welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, with you until 6 o'clock. And we have more of the post-match reaction coming your way from Rathdowney. Brendan Hennessy managed to catch up with Ender Rowland. Three points scored from the goalkeeper. You'd love to hear it, like Sheila Ver used to do for Paraguay. Now, something else that we'd love to hear is when we get to announce our Club of the Year. And I'm delighted to say that this year it went to Carrick Shock Camogie Club, who voted in their draws. And I'm joined by club chairman, Mr Larry O'Shea, and Secretary Jared Carroll, who are in studio with me now. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in. I know you're only fresh off a pitch yourself. Fresh off a pitch. Yeah, start yeah. of the year again, so... You'll have to apologise. There's a little bit of muck in the hallway there. <laughs> I get Robbie to clean it when he comes back. Before we go into like the, the year of 2022, it never... GA never really seems to stop. It's constantly rolling, constantly rolling. And as I said, you're out on a pitch there today. Went to extra time. It seemed like an absolutely thrilling encounter. Yeah, it was great. Uh, we're up in his down and uh, pitch was savage. Like for this time of year, it, they just did a great job on the field and uh, a savage game. We thought we did one four times. We thought we did lost four times. And you know, it just ebbed and flowed and ended up in extra time. And just was a cracking game of camogie and it was great. It's great. They get another crackhead now. I think the mocks maybe are going to get in the way so it could go back it could run for a few weeks yet but look we're still alive anyway because you, you had said something to me that it didn't even come into my comprehension I was aware of the Loretto Prez game yesterday but some of your players would have been participating in that as well there was five of the starters for Prez yesterday we were playing again today uh, and I think there was Liz Downey girls involved as well so, yeah. 
so it's it's heavy going on them, but look, they're, they're tough. They 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 know into them. They just they love their come game. They love playing their matches. It's great, great to see. And it's a tough old club as well out there, and managing to for like to go from where you were, where you didn't really have a juvenile structure at the time, then to go on and win a junior league title and county title, you must be incredibly proud out there. Ah, uh, yeah, it's 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 huge. Like when when we we would have won a junior in fifteen, with a very limited underage structure, we would have been some of the younger girls would have been going to Mulnavash to play under 14 under 16 they were going to Clonean playing but we had no you know we had just things just maybe starting to take off with under 6s and 8s and 10s and and all those girls just started to come true and you know it's we got relegated then we went back down and we found it difficult just to with girls life takes over and they move on and, and it just probably took some of the younger ones a year or two we were beating the two junior semi-finals and just took them a year or two to find their feet but Look, there, there's there's girls there now. We're saying it that there's eight girls who are minor this year who are playing junior, but they're three years playing junior. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're they're well experienced at playing junior at this stage. So look, looking forward to getting up intermediate and having a, a proper crack at that as well. Like you know. And sure, he said it. Getting up into intermediate, you know, it must be incredibly exciting and to to try and prepare for that. And we've seen that in so many different occasions where you know clubs can excel once they get to intermediate. It really helps push on the club, and we were talking to Kieran Bulger from Burn Rangers. There, echoing the sentiments that you have, you had to start off kind of at the juvenile structure, getting it and building it up, and then you start eventually seeing the fruits of all your labour. And that certainly seems to be the case now after the season that you had, and then coming up into the intermediates. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like it's <clears throat> we did a medal presentation night for the underage there um, a few weeks ago, but we had a little a video. Someone managed to dig up a video of the um, current minor team from under sixes and people said like look at the pitch like it's empty so literally we had under sixes and eights and the rest of the pitch was empty so if you compare that to every Wednesday night this year it's absolutely thronged like there's something like 140 oh, squashed onto the one pitch but <laughs> they're, they're a, a, a resilient bunch they just say right that's it let's get on with it and, and that shows on the pitch then they literally say right what's it's pouring rain it's the mucky pitch to just get on with it like, which is great Like, it's great quality to have and it's great to have like the, the idols that we talk about um, for Within the O'Duffy Cup and get girls getting to see that happen, and then you've seen James Stevens going all the way to an All Ireland final. It's, it's it's great to see that this is happening within Kilkenny. Not that it wasn't always happening, but for James Stevens themselves, saying Camogie only really came in in about twenty years or so ago into the club. So it's brilliant get to, getting to see everything happen out in different little areas in Kilkenny. You know, and it must be amazing to be a part of something that is continuing to grow. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like the GA thing would have switched over to a thing called Fern, mm. which you register your kids on this, and it it's an online thing. So before you would kind of only know the people as they come to registration days. But we had people who were registering kids and just turning up in the field, and we didn't know the parents, we didn't know the child, and they were just landing up going, uh, "I'm whoever." Yeah. I registered the little one online. Can she play? And we're like, "Of course she can play." <laughs> but it's like we have. Of all our girls are under 14, they're under 16, they're minors, they're doing this. I'd say 90% of them are dual players, which they're playing Gaelic football with Dunham Megan. Yeah. Which is, they're meeting f- four times a week probably because they're training, playing matches, playing football, playing camogie. And they're just real tight bunch now, the under 14s, the 16s, because like the football, I would have people saying, you know, that 
knocking the football maybe the football is brilliant like I was in John's Park this morning at under 14 county trials with my own two and the 90 young ones trialling for Kenny K- Onion football yeah. which is it's this time of year it's great to have mouse and they're they're moving they're ready to go and they want matches and they want to play for Kilkenny and it, you know it's brilliant to, to see Muckley as well pushing on and you know getting to a Leinster final and that it's it's it gives them something that maybe football isn't that bad in Kilkenny like, it's not know. all Ireland champions short yeah. you know all yeah. Ireland champions uh, when you're talking about the underage setup, and of course you've had underage success as well how many members are you looking at now involved within the Camogie Club I'd say playing members from including adult is 145 um, just in Camogie just, just, yeah just in Camogie yeah. wow yeah um, so there's a serious appetite for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, just you know, like a, a year like we had, it just literally the younger ones can see like because we have one girl there, Olivia, she's under fourteen, and like she's was at the junior county final other ones, and like she's she's scarred for life in a positive way. <laughs> she just was completely overcome with everything, like you know. And she said, "I want this. I want this. When can I play adult?" You know, she just wants to get out. <laughs> so, and that that just filters down to the rest. Like they just see, you know, a medal presentation. Like, and it's brilliant. Like you know, and I say we've we haven't won much the last few years, so like we just have to honour them when it happens. Like you know, it's great. Oh, one hundred percent. And you have to continue to strive to want to do better as well. So, are there any plans out in Carrick Shock yeah, at the moment, Larry? This this year, I suppose we we have a big hall, and it was only ever kind of used for tea and sandwiches after funerals. This was the hall was used for, and it was empty most of the year. And myself and the lad beside me, we got a brainwave that we covered an astroturf, so we put a thirty-eight. The hall, the hall, <laughs> <laughs> like the air dome up in Connacht yeah. now, yeah. We put a thirty-eight mil astroturf down on it. We got a sports capital grant early in the year for six and a half thousand, and we said, right, let's use it. So now we have an indoor. It's 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 only twenty-two by eight. Uh, but it's brilliant. That's that's an amazing initiative, yeah. It's brilliant. So the, you know, I was up there last night with lads, and we have the indoor hurling area, as we call it, and then we have a, a gym, which is a balcony upstairs, and there used to be a youth club in it. There was a couple of old couches in it. We fired out the couches. We put down a rubber floor on it, and we have a new gym upstairs. But the, we have a gym for the hurlers, but you know women they like their own space they like their own music and they go up there now and they, they work away and it's 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 brilliant like but I suppose we have in planning we have planning gone into September for an 80 by 40 AstroTurf similar to what Dane's Fort would have uh, but it's caught up in the, the planning red tape that goes on with all planning yeah it's gone into September and uh, we have to send in more stuff and more stuff but we own the ground you know we're, we just want to we need that space that space would be a huge thing and 80 by 40 for us like Jerry was saying when you have 140 kids out in the field at the weekend it, it's probably we're cursed and blessed in that our drills if you're in a small space it it's all about contact with the ball and touch, touch, touch because you, you don't get to play a big game in the yeah. field. Yeah, sharp so, puck outs all the way. Yeah, so, well, it's, it's all, it's all touch. It's it, loads of hurling balls and it's 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 fairly intense and they're getting them to their hand as often as they can and it's it, you can just see it in the hurling that the speed that they can pick a ball and move away with it. It's and it's it's probably from that and like it's. It, just that the that astroturf would take the pressure off. So if we get that through planning, we have funds ready to go. We have everything ready to go for it. It's just that that needs to happen for us this year. Like, but if it drags on again for another year, it's you know, it's just it it, it just starts to squeeze the thing a little bit. You know. Well, what what what's great getting to have a chat with you, gentlemen, today is that these little stories and these little things that go on in clubs and the the the, the volunteer aspect of the GEA is that it's not forgotten. It's often said, but when you're talking about the volunteer aspect of GEA or any sports you forget 
everything that goes in to making a club successful. So you see a result, you can give out about results, you can celebrate a result, but to get a result, to get a team onto the field, it takes people like yourselves, and I'm sure there's many within your club, and there's many thousands all over the country, been able to invest their time, their energy, their effort into doing initiatives like you've done with the gym, or into looking at bettering the facilities not only for GEA but just for the community in general so you, you must have an immense pride with that but like a lot of GEA people you'll probably just play it off and go ah it's, 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 it's what we do like David just uh, like we're lucky we're the figureheads if you like in here talking like it's just it's just everyone together makes it a success like it's just literally the the players obviously on the pitch to win the matches it's the subs that are there busting to get in to win matches but then it's the parents it's the, the managers like who have a horrendous job at times to balance like everything I had a, a, a graphic on our medal presentation that you know what makes a good manager and I had a picture of David Fitzgerald you know be competitive as Davy, and then a picture of Brian Cody be as astute as Brian Cody and then had a picture of a Jimmy McGee have the memory of Jimmy McGee and then another picture of Mother Teresa be as kind as Mother Teresa so these are all the attributes like but, uh, but it's, is that what you're looking for in a manager now <laughs> uh, and then it's the, the generosity then like you know suddenly like we're getting to finals and geez, like these girls need to be looked after they need to get tops they need to go for a meal after all these little things you could just brush off and not do it and to be devastating like for the girls but all that costs money like and the parents fair play to, like, to put their hands in the pockets we didn't ask anyone to say right you're sponsoring your daughter stop just literally whoever could throw in money and like our, our main sponsor Jerry Comfort Drilling like he's just fantastic like he's just literally if there's anything pops up hand in the pocket straight away like he's just, just you know he's oh, awesome, say, awesome g- g- games on KCLR and getting to broadcast yeah, out, he's just un- unbelievable yeah, he, yeah. he just we have a dinner that's coming up and Jerry is just he's a great man to have we're blessed to have him like you know no. and Paddy Farrell as well another lad from Kerry Shock who would have hurled with the club all his life he basically kitted out the gym for us you know I met him and he said yeah no bother and like geez, to, to get that kind of stuff treadmills and spinning bikes and stuff it's 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 savage like you know like I suppose our coaches we have we have loads of coaches with from our under sixes up to our up to our or minor, or minors on our junior team, or intermediate team now, but like Kilkenny. I say you like saying that yeah. one there. Things <laughs> <laughs> getting used to. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kilkenny. The course are starting this week actually for coaching all, all these uh, they're in Pilton they're all over the county and it's the foundation level course and we try and send everyone to do those I've seen Kilkenny GA yeah, had something yeah, up yeah, yeah they're combined so it's just it's the foundation level course it gets everyone in on that level and if you want then you can push on to level one like and it's it's like it's 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 upskilling your coaches and throwing a bit of responsibility onto them and saying hey they're your tens now like we'd have two under eight teams two under ten teams two under twelve teams and then we kind of come together under fourteen but it's just keeping everyone playing that's he said to me a couple of years ago he said the most important number in this club is our under fives and our under sixes if we can keep that number up every year they'll push on once they're in the gate they'll keep them yeah. <laughs> it's getting them in that's the, that's the thing like well lads thanks so much for coming in and speaking with me today telling us a bit about Carrick Shock and why you're deservedly winners of the David Boogie Motors Sports Club of the Year yeah. a lot of people like uh, ye came in and said oh was there it used to be team of the year and that kind of thing well we kind of wanted to make it a bit broader to have a look at everything that's going on in the club because on a rugby sense you know you have teams in Ashburn Cups and soccer team soccer sense you could have an LFA Cup winner and indeed on a hurling sense Kilkenny is blessed yeah. with, with, with so many things but just to see what's happening and the, the work that's been put in in Carrick Shock Club which 
was nominated in the droves, maybe by all 140 of your Kogi <laughs> members, you know. <laughs> but it's just it's just great to see and get an insight. And I'm always trying to learn about different different clubs. I'm a James Stevens man myself. So sometimes you get caught up in, in the things that you're involved in. So it's amazing to get to hear what ye are involved in. And thanks very much for coming in today. And congratulations once again. Yeah, yeah, much, was, yeah. a pinch me moment. It was like another county final. <laughs> <laughs> another cause for celebration. Cause for celebration yeah. Thanks very much. That is Larry O'Shea and Jer Carroll from Carrick Shock Camogie Club the winners of this year's David Buggy Motors Sports Club of the Year look I'm involved in Castle Warren Celtic I didn't even give it to ourselves maybe maybe next year we might maybe next year we might we're going to take a quick outbreak there don't go anywhere lots more still to come here on Scoreline Sean O'Keefe here and we're going to be talking about basketball as SETU Carroll men's and women's basketball coach Marin Conroy is on the line to look ahead to tomorrow's Women's National League clash a bit of a local derby with SETU Carroll and Marble City Hawks tip-off in the Barrow Centre is at half 12 Marin, thanks very much for taking the time, sir no worries at all, my man. Yeah, it's uh, I really appreciate. I love getting the chance getting to talk about basketball. I played for many years myself, and last year there was such a tremendous success for at the time IT Carlo, and we spoke to Lauren Laplante and Nathan Schaefer, and just a tremendous year all around for the institution. Yeah, like we've had a couple of good years there now, national league level and, and college level as well. Like last year, we picked up uh, both the All Ireland championships in the colleges, so. Uh, good year had I suppose but we're, we're looking to push on again now for over the next couple of years and what way does it work then with the amalgamation say of WIT and Carlo IT in, in, in terms of a, a sports perspective for the basketball uh, at the moment there is no difference really like we'll stay with our teams both at national league and college level um, the varsity level which is the college level might look to change uh, in the next couple of years, but that'll be down to the, the new president of the college, whether she wants to amalgamate the sports or not. Um, and if that happens, it happens. It'd be great. Like, obviously, we'd, we'd love to take on some of the talent that's down in Waterford, or, and I'm sure they wouldn't mind having a few of our lads as well, and girls, so... You know, that's a possibility, but not a definite, as the fellow said. Yeah, I've just seen, like, because the WIT Vikings would have been quite good in their own race as well, and just combining the two would would be a huge, huge asset to have all that kind of uh, talent together. But in, in, in what respect would that work then if it did happen with, say, a, like American students coming over? Do you have a, a certain amount that you're, you can only play or anything like that? Yeah, like with the men... You can only have one on the at the moment. You can only have one on the court at a time. Uh, they're looking to change that rule as far as I know. It's here, so that'll allow two Americans on the floor at the same time. Um, with the women's at the moment, you're allowed to at the same time at the minute, um, and we get ours uh, for changes like uh, they're victory scholars. They come in and study a masters and uh, play college and national league basketball with our club then. Yeah, because when we were talking to Nathan and Lauren last year, like they just talked about how incredible the experience was to come over to Ireland and to be able to learn, say, from the Irish perspective of basketball and Irish culture and be able to maybe give a few things that they've learned throughout their whole years of growing up playing basketball. How, how crucial is that kind of system to help and develop basketball as a whole in Ireland? Yeah, I think it's very uh, crucial. Like, I mean, if you look even at the local areas, uh, this year we have our American scholars in, in the local clubs and schools uh, coaching the, the underage kids. They coach at camps 
stuff like that as well. I run a camp kind of nearly every uh, midterm break, and we have like the, the victory scholars there coaching the those, like, and they've come through, as you said yourself, the American high school and college systems, and you know their 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 teaching and their coaching is something different for our kids to learn, which is great, you know. It certainly is, and like we, we, then you can see that kind of coming into fruition when you had the likes of O'Loughlin's Jack Cole and uh, Ronald Sani being able to represent their country at an underage level. And when we were talking to Kieran Bulger from Burn Rangers, and he was saying, you know, we set up in 2019 and we're slowly building, and then you had Larkin Doyle getting to represent Carlo. When you invest in it from the ground up, you'll start seeing the fruition of these players representing Ireland, and on a Kilkenny perspective, Lucy Coogan going over and getting scholarships over in America. Yeah, absolutely. We're actually on the road to uh, Clarny now at the minute for our, our men's Division One game, and uh, Jack is part of our squad uh, there as well. There's a, we've a, a kind of a, an agreement, structured link agreement with uh, Old Lachlan Basketball Club, so we have you know a lot of their younger kids coming through to play with us at national league level, which is a, a great benefit to us, but it's it's a massive benefit for them as well to be seen on the national stage by international coaches and. You know, it definitely works for those younger players coming through. There's a lot of travel involved, of course. Uh, as as you mentioned, you're just travelling down to Killarney at the moment. A lot of travel is involved, and you're part of the two teams. You're part of the men and women's team. How has it been going this season? Is it worth all the travelling that you're doing? Uh, look, it's kind of... We're used to it now at this stage, you know. Like, um, if you're playing at National League level, you're going to be up and down the country... Uh, we've been very fortunate this year with the Northern Conference games that kind of our longest travels have been uh, designated home games. So we get to play each uh, team in our Southern Conference twice, home and away, and then we get a once-off game against the Northern Conference, and that could be either home or away. And we were lucky enough to get the likes of Letterkenny, Belfast, Drogheda, all at home. So like our, our longest travel with the Northern Conference is going to be uh, up to Dublin, so it's not too bad at all. You know, look, as I said, if you want to play at the highest level in the country, you're going to have to travel the country. It's as simple as that. Well, you won't have to travel tomorrow anyway because you'll be in the Barrow Centre. It'll be Marble City Hawks going up against SETU Carlo. Uh, how are you? How are you prepare for the game? Are you confident going into it? I know that Marble City Hawks had a big win there recently. Yeah, look, you know yourself with the local derby. Um, you're never going to be overconfident, especially playing against a good team and a well-coached team like like Marble City Hawks. You know, uh, we beat them in the in the return fixture in in Kilkenny, uh, but it was a tough game. It was a hard game for us to play. Uh, we haven't won as many games as we'd like to have won this year. Um, but look, we're 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 confident. We practiced well this week. Uh, we prepared well, but. Like we're very respectful of what that team brings up against us when they come up to, to Carlo tomorrow. Well, Martin, I'm not going to take up much of your time. As you said, you're down. It's a clarity, but thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Best of luck today and tomorrow as well. Looking forward to a cracking game down the Barrow Centre. Uh, much appreciated. And tell Julian to say hello when you talk to him later on. I certainly I'm will. Happy man with the, the Manchester Derby result there, as I am myself, so we're all good. Yeah, it's a fantastic result. I'm looking at the highlights here now as well, and it's just great to see the elation around Old Trafford once again. That's yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Martin, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. 
Thanks, Carl. Yeah, that's it, Manny. Thanks. Bye-bye. Best of luck. That's Martin Conroy, SUTU Carlos men's and women's basketball coach. As you rightly said, he made a reference to the name Julian and Julian O'Keefe. Yes, it is a relation. Who is involved in Marble City Hawks? Uh, he'll be going up against Martin tomorrow down the Barrow Centre and we'll be speaking to those in the Marble City Hawks just at around half three. So lots still to come here on Scoreline. We're going to take a bit of music now. You know, take a breath. Why not? This is a bit of Lizzo. This is To Be Loved. You're very welcome back to Scoreline. Now, we're going to keep our basketball coverage because SETU Carlo are going up against Marble City Hawks and we love a local derby. We were just talking to David O'Shea from New Oak Boys and we were gunning for an LFA Junior Cup final between Evergreen and New Oak Boys. It wasn't to be, but we do have a lot of local rivalry in basketball circles. And I'm delighted now to be joined by representatives from Marble City Hawks, Mr. Martin Wall. Martin, I don't even know your correct title. Is it coach, manager? Assistant coach. Aficionado. <laughs> and uh, Tiana Stewart all the way from the United States of America landing here in Kilkenny uh, first of all uh, Tiana thanks very much for coming in thanks for having me it's uh, tremendous to get to hear the insight of uh, someone who has grown up within a basketball environment um, we know that GEA kind of dominates a lot of say our physical education classes from a school level how have you found the transition from the United States to Kilkenny um, I would say my transition has been pretty smooth um, Martin Julian uh, the team, they've been really welcoming so far and uh, it's been a good time. I've really enjoyed myself. So. And Martin, how do you coach someone that has grown up in that system? As you said, you're assistant coach and someone who's grown up, like, known pretty much everything about basketball from a young age and coming from that uh, school system in the United States. How can you get across a style that might be different in Ireland to your American players? It's tough one. Um, now, Julian is more experienced than I am, so I listen to him more than anyone else um, it is listen to the players as well and see what they want so like with Tiana and Kaylee who is our other American that came over this year we have listened to them in parts of what they've done done over in America so it's a bit different but we have to kind of stay where we coach ourselves to where we want to play here in Ireland itself and Martin they, they, they kind of is it an exchange system uh, in a way or what way does it work to get American students over into Kilkenny because when we were talking to Martin Conroy your opposition tomorrow he was saying that you can feel two Americans on the court at the same time like what way does it work and the process of actually getting them in because it, for a while you were without that kind of uh, standard of player yeah it started the year we didn't have any American players over it uh, Tiana came over in November and I think Kaylee came over the end of November then um, it's basically money wise basically like we have to put them up and play for the flights over um, there's a lot of work in it see, it's easier as Martin's way CIT and down Carlo and other colleges their teams around they have digs to put them up in which we have to go look for a place to stay it could be hard in Ireland <laughs> it can be hard already there's a lot of uh, a lot of money and we won't be where we are today without our sponsors and we're always looking for sponsors to help us out throughout the next couple of years as well because we were mentioning the travel that's involved, you're going all over Ireland because you're comp- uh, participating in such a high standard league. So you'll have to go maybe up to the north of Ireland. We, Martin is saying he's on the way to Killarney today. All that costs money. Yeah, we we were up already. We we're up to north. We we're heading to Killarney in three weeks. Yeah. So Our next games are Carlow away, a Dublin team away, Killarney away, and Limerick away before we have another home game. So a lot of travelling in and the travel expenses and everything else. To, try and keep everyone going and yeah, you mentioned that you have a few sponsors are 
They, it, it, are there something that has been kind of a legacy thing with you that have been with the Marble City Hawks for a long time, or is this kind of like a new venture that you're having with these sponsors? A bit of both. Um, like we have Des Manning from Manning Travel. Um, we have um, there for the last couple of years, and of course, then our main one of our main sponsors, uh, JB Burks, who has been with us from the very beginning. Then we have other sponsors coming on, like we have KPL. There's a they're a new company who jumped on board this year, and Morris Nolan Galas, um, up in Lockboy, who is a good sponsor for us this year as well. Um, so and it's crucial. It's, it's crucial. Like we talked to Rob Harnett, who is basically uh, has a company that puts sports organisations with businesses and clubs with businesses and you can see how successful Lidl's investment in the likes of the Carlo or ladies Gaelic football and how that has like placing the ladies on billboards all around their respective counties and how that can lead to people looking up to it and going I want to play that game so it certainly is crucial Tiana over to yourself like how have you found that uh, the standard over here in Ireland is compared to the United States um, I'd say it's still really competitive over here. I think back home, it, it kind of becomes our life. It takes over 24-7, yeah. whereas here, it's nice because we have a bit more of a break in between practices and games. Um, but the the standard is still pretty high. Com- competition's still pretty good. So, And yeah. what type of history then do you have within the sport? Were you competing at a high school level and came over? Were you in college and came over? Yeah, so I played in high school. I also played in college. I played Division Two in the NCAA back home. And then I did a year in the UK um, in the Bucks League, Bucks Premier League. Mm-hmm. And uh, you found that quite enjoyable, I'd imagine? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. It's a, It's like unfathomable to me to be able to make that transition, especially at the level that you're playing mm-hmm. in basketball. And have you found people being very welcoming when you're coming over, very receptive to ideas? Because sometimes when you have someone that's coming in of a certain standard, you might have a bit of a pushback from the people that have been there a long time. Have the coach has been receptive, your fellow players been receptive to any ideas that you may have? Yeah, I'd definitely say they have been. I think one of the nicest things about this level is that coaches are willing to take what you have to say and also implement that stuff into practice in games. Um, and also just kind of around the community. I've also kind of helped out with the Kilkenny Stars Club. Um, so that's nice. And, you know, I have a lot of parents and coaches coming to me asking for my input, which has been really cool to kind of put my perspective into things. Hey, European basketball is huge. Um, like Real Madrid and Barcelona have their own basketball teams. And you've seen a lot of European basketball players being able to play in the NBA. But only one Irish person has been able to play in the NBA, born in Tullamore in Offaly. But were you surprised at all by the appetite that it is for basketball within Ireland in itself? Um, yeah, I was. I was not familiar with the hurling and that the popularity <laughs> with that kind of stuff. So, But to see the way that basketball is growing um, from a young age and the way that these teams all around the country are trying to bring up the game, it's been, it's been cool to see. Yeah, and we have Lucy Coogan, who, a former Kilkenny star, who is over having a scholarship now over the United States. Martin, you've been invested in the basketball within Kilkenny for a long, long time, and there's some, like, diehards that have been, and, you know, you've done referee training, and, and, and for the betterment of the basketball community. I played 15, 20 years ago. How has it that evolved since we were all playing in O'Loughlin's and so forth? Um, yeah, I suppose like when we when we were playing back together, she ended up back in the back in the day. Slam dunks and three <laughs> points all the way, man. Um, it was kind of a couple of years. It was going down down a bit. It wasn't much interesting in now, but a lot of people have stepped up. Um, 
and like Julian like started this team, started the Hawks and got got him going for a ladies national league team. We had a men's national league team, just yeah. didn't work out. But the ladies were still going. Didn't strong. have me, Didn't d- have d- me d- or me, Shane or me. <laughs> but we're hoping, um, we're hoping to keep this the Hawks team, like, especially it's it's a, the girls, the younger girls coming up. They're they're getting the right training coming up. Like we have two sixteen-year-olds playing with us this year, and one of them, Evine Dunphy, she's Irish with the Irish under seventeen and eighteen team this year. So like it's she's it's good to see under underage coming up, and we have another what twenty-year-old. I think the oldest in our team is thirty-five. Am I right? But like we have a mix from sixteen up to thirty-five. You see, so it's good, and we're hoping if we can get everyone in on board next year again, now we'll be keep going for next year. Yeah, and you mentioned, like I said, the age gra- brackets, like it's great to see the Masters coming to Kilkenny every year. I think they had, what, three, four years now uh, already in the bank and they're no doubt looking to go again. Uh, Martin, looking ahead at tomorrow, we kind of have to look back at your last result, a tremendous victory. Uh, Tabletopper Sport Leash, how did that come about? Were you surprised by it or did you know that the talent that you had in the squad were going to be, was very capable of producing a result like that? Um, no, we knew what we had, what we had in the, on the team, what we had in our bench as well. We knew we were capable for it. I think it surprised Port East themselves when they came down. They thought to probably come down and just show up and win the game. I think a lot of the fans upstairs were very shocked themselves. But as Julian and myself were talking throughout the year, a lot of the games we should have won this year, we just left behind us. Especially the cup game. Tiana will tell you about that one as well now. But it's hard now and we have another game tomorrow. Um, next four games are against three teams that are in around St. Pines so if we win crucial. the three of them now will be crucial games yeah win the three of them now we'll be in the top half of the table going into the last five games of the season yeah that's a that's a nice place to be in but of course you have to win those three games what's the preparation like Tiana before a big game like that um, just running through our sets you know making sure we're all on the same page uh, we've been playing a lot in practice lately which has been good because we we've come to a point where we where we sorry we realize what we're capable of, but we just we have to be pushed that much farther to get there. And I think that we're just trying to hit that breakthrough moment. Port Leash was really good for us. Unfortunately, it was two weeks ago. So making sure that we go into tomorrow with some type of momentum will be really good. So yeah, well we're looking forward to following along the journey. Thank you so much for coming in with us, uh, Tiana. Before you you leave, do you have any plans for next year? Or what way does the, the the system work that you're you're currently ingrained in? Are you going to go back to the states? Maybe somewhere else? in Europe stay in Ireland yeah no plans yet just taking it day by day just seeing how things go and um, I don't know we'll see we'll so, see yeah. watch this space we'll give that the result as well tomorrow it is Marble City Hawks going up against SETU Carlo and we're looking forward to it I, I love a bit of basketball I love getting the chance to get to talk about it with Martin so Thank you to the both of you for coming in and best of luck tomorrow. Thanks very much, Jen. Marble City Hawks going up against SETU Carlo. Thank you to Martin Wall, assistant coach of the Marble City Hawks, and Tiana Stewart, who came in November from Maryland, the United States. I probably said that right, Maryland. It's probably Maryland. Is it Maryland? Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, it would take me to say that wrong. Uh, We're going to take a quick ad break there. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline. I'm even getting messages in that I've pronounced a rugby team name wrong as well. So, you know, I'm on form. I'm on form. La Hearts Saturday Scoreline. Your music, your sports. With thanks to the full range of books. Welcome back to Scoreline. It's the last hour of the show. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, and we'll be talking about some of those Premier League results in just a bit, but not a good one for Liverpool, as I previously alluded to, losing 3-0 to Brighton. Look, 
I'm a Manchester United fan I've been on the receiving end of a spanking from Brighton there recently also so I can't say much now we're going to switch our attention though over to swimming I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Kilkenny Swimming Club coach Mr John Duffy who's going to speak to us about the recent success in the Winter Nationals and what they have to look forward to in 2023 John thanks very much for taking the time sir no problem you're more than welcome Shane good to speak to you yeah, it's a swimming is always something that fascinated me. One of my best friends was involved in swimming from a very young age, and just knowing the type of dedication and hard work that gets put into it from a young age, and you're talking about five o'clock in the morning training sessions and stuff. It's great to see this recent success. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, the friend that you speak of, I coach myself, so I, I know I know him well too. But um, yeah, he it, it's one of those sports, I suppose, that you do need to put a huge amount of time into and a lot of very unsociable hours time when we start every morning. Um, I expect the lads kind of on poolside at about 20 past five or thereabouts to stretch and get themselves ready for, for their swim. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough sport, that's for sure. It's always a tough sport. But coming about with the positives of it is how you participated and how well you did in the 2022 Winter Nationals in the National Aquatic Centre up in Dublin. You're up against some top international swimmers, but Kilkenny really put on a show. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose, Shane, we'd always try to be as competitive as we possibly can for any of these these meets. And the, the like of, you know, our, our Winter Championships is is the culmination of, of what we would call the short course season or non-Olympic pool, 25-metre pool season. So uh, we have a, a decent, um, I suppose, squad of people that attended the meet and, and did reasonably well when we were there. So you, you always, I suppose, strive for better. And yeah, you're happy enough with the way things went. We have a, we have swimmers that I suppose that are based both here and in some of the performance centres around. Um, so it is nice to, I suppose, for the ones here to do very well because obviously we're coaching them directly here, and then the ones that we've managed to to get through our system here and put them into put them into a performance centre, but still representing Kilkenny are great to have there. So and they, they can be good role models for the younger ones coming through too. So yeah, it is always great to to have performance at these meets, and um, it just it helps, I suppose, on these times of year when it's dark and cold and windy and wet, it helps motivate you to get back up the next day as well when you know that you can compete when you're on national level like that. You have people there that are winning bronze medals. Uh, Nessa Godden ended up coming yep. away with a bronze medal at the at the meet, and you have people doing very well in their uh, personal bests as well, shaving seconds off them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I suppose we've had a little bit of a change in our our squads in, in last year, and that we've we've lost a couple of swimmers or moved on a couple of swimmers. I suppose rather than lost is a better way of putting it, some of our senior swimmers that have moved on to universities. So they're only training with us at holiday time. So it's an opportunity really for some of the younger swimmers like Nessa Godden um, to kind of step up and, and to become the swimmers, if you know what I mean, that are representing their club and that they're, they're standing up for it. So in many ways, like an essay, it was a breakthrough a breakthrough year for her to be able to go along and medal at the national championships. Important. Her older her older sister is um, swimming out with with uh, the club still for UL as well, um, or training at the performance centre in UL. Um, so and she's always, I suppose, in many ways, been been the star of the show within the family. So it's it's wonderful for Nessa to come through and show that she's well able to do it then as well. So. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're mentioning Maria Godden. She came away with three silver medals on the occasion yeah. over three distances, 50, 100 and 200 metres. So a tremendous kind of feather in the cap of uh, Kilkenny Swimming Club of having someone of that calibre been able to go on and do amazing things in the third yeah. level colleges. That's yeah, super, super it is, you know. And I mean, it, it, I suppose 
if we can kind of set them up right from their club, it, it gives them the opportunity to be able to go to these university settings and for some of them to be able to get scholarships to get to college as well so that there is a, a significant enough reward for them if they can do well um, through the system. So it's important for us to be able to develop them on, to be able to, to be like Maria and uh, Naomi Trace and a couple of others that we've moved on to, to scholarships within universities, you know. So, yeah, it is a great opportunity for them as well. So, yeah, but, but generally speaking, it is great. We have a, a younger squad this year as a result of the, some of the older ones moving on to university and they are really stepping up and, and uh, becoming fine young swimmers in themselves. Uh, you mentioned there something about a non-Olympic sized pool. I'd imagine training for something like an Olympic sized pool is going to be quite difficult considering there isn't any based within Kilkenny. Now, how do you work around that? Is, or is it just about going to the centres of excell- excellence and the National Centre in Limerick and so forth? Uh, not necessarily, no. I mean, you can train for it. It is preferable, obviously, if you, if you could train in a what we would call a long-course pool or an Olympic pool on a regular basis. is definitely helpful. But it, there is the difficulty, I suppose, of travelling and getting people to the centres to be able to, to train within from a club environment, both on the cost and travel and the time it takes to go and do your sessions, etc. We try, if we can, and get before our, our summer championships, which will take place in July, we, we always try and do a little bit of time away in an Olympic pool somewhere just to help give them that little bit more experience but they race on a regular basis from this time of year from January onwards they race regularly in 50 meter pools so while they might be training here specifically they they do get plenty of time to be able to train in themselves and um, you know or sorry to race in 50 meter pools so they're well used to it by the time they get to it so it's about developing them on and you know giving them really good core skills in the club system so that they can carry that through onto the Olympic pools and when they have to go in and race that and that they're not intimidated by it and afraid of it once they race it a couple of times they'll tend that they, they tend to be confident enough going into an Olympic pool as well then and to, to be confident in an Olympic pool you have to be a certain calibre of athlete but being a certain calibre of athlete requires dedication the training that's involved and starting at a particular age are you tr- in, involved in the process of training say maybe the younger kids or are you involved in the top level end of the coaching in terms of just dealing with the people who have came through the Kilkenny Swimming Club system I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I look after directly look after the A squad, which is our top squad. But I mean, we take them in from that fairly young. I mean, they they start coming into me depending on their ability from anything from eleven onwards, eleven years of age or onwards. So they are very young still by the time that they're coming into into that level of something even. Um, I, I we also have a look through the, the other squads that we do and, and just ensure that their development is right to bring them forward onto our A squad system. But we do take them from very young. So um, generally speaking, so we take them from 11, but generally speaking at 12 and 13 is the time that they really start coming into A squad. So they're learning how to swim in those Olympic pools and, and getting ready for a senior championship from the time that they are very young. So by the time that they get to that, you know, 16, 17 age particularly, it's not daunting to them. It's something they're used to. So you, you, you try to just develop it from a very young age. So we, we start bringing them to Olympic, Olympic pool-length competitions from the time that they're probably 10 or 11 onwards. So. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it sounds incredibly exciting because not every day that you get to talk about uh, this kind of sport, particularly when we're living in Kilkenny in the Carlow region. GEA is very dominant. Soccer is quite loved and rugby is quite beloved. But there's a whole host of different sports that are taking place that not a lot of people have the eyes on so it's great to get an insight into what goes in to Kilkenny Swimming Club the type of dedication that has been put forward for people to represent their county and their club at a national and indeed international level 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, I suppose a lot of people don't realize it. Sometimes we, we get lots of, lots of people coming into the pool at the time our kids are training and they say, well, they're amazing. And, you know, how are they so good? But, I mean, the, the ones that are training within my my squad system are training at least six to, six to hour sessions a week. Uh, some of them doing seven or eight, depending if they can get in and do a little bit of extra work. They're also doing some Pilates work and they do a couple of gym sessions a week as well. So you're, you're looking probably for a lot of them to be training probably nine, ten times a week. Um, from the time is that they are quite young. Now they don't, we don't obviously put them in the gym when they're kind of at that, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 age group, but we start building them up from that time to, to start putting them in the gym as well as putting them in the water. But as I said, they, they're in the water five mornings a week from, you know, 5.30 until 7.30. So they do they do a lot of kilometers a week. You know, you, you were looking, I suppose, between 30 and 40 kilometers a week that they swim. So it maybe gives people a bit of perspective, particularly, I suppose, now you, you'll see that you have a lot of triathletes and things like people get into triathlon and they do a little bit more swimming and they're maybe trying to swim you know two kilometers a session or three kilometers a session so some of my swimmers are swimming up to 10 kilometers a day or more you know so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of lengths it's a lot of tiles to count when you're going up and down and a lot of one lines of songs that you're going through your head when you're doing it <laughs> um, but it, it it gives them that skill that development so that they don't have to think about their skills when they get into race that they can just get in and do it because it's what they're doing every day and that that's what's important i think with any sport that is very skill-based particularly that you know the fundamentals of the skill are, are critically important on it and the, the importance of being able to to be able to do it without thinking about it is really really important that if you have people that are there and have to think about what they're doing inevitably it falls apart because whatever they do in training they'll inevitably do worse when they race so we need them to train really well so that they can race really well well it's the mental resilience that you sometimes forget about that when you're doing these long distance things or when you're stuck in that position of being underwater and coming up every now and again and there is such a mental discipline involved in that um so it's, it's tremendous to get an insight into it what i'd like to know is in 2023 you mentioned that you'll have a few different competitions and a few different galas happening in the same way that certain trainers train their say teams to peak at a certain level in, in the league or or in a championship do, do yeah. is that what you're looking at when you're coming into different galas and different meets and competitions that you want them to peak at say in March for this competition because you think this swimmer is going to perform particularly well there or is it going all out all the time? Uh, no, it is. I mean, you, you can't go all out all the time. It's one of those things where you have, if you're looking for performance from people, you have to have meets that are, in some ways are, are a sacrifice meet where you're going into practice racing, but you're not too particularly worried about the outcome of the speed. And, and um, you know, sometimes you want things to go wrong because in a lot of times, I think people learn far better from the mistakes they make than when things go perfectly. When things are going perfectly for them, everything is easy. But when you make mistakes, it's important that, that you learn from them. So, we do use competitions that are essentially sacrificed competitions where they're going in to learn. And if they get it right, well, that's great. But if they don't get it right, that's okay too. We, we just go back and learn from it. So we will certainly use meets through the year. And we, we would have, I suppose, different meets between Leinster and national competitions that are, are, are most critically important for this year. With, and we culminate really in July with, with our national age group championships for most of our group. Some of the older ones that we have that are away in scholarship at university, they'll certainly be looking at um, qualification meets in kind of April time to, that they will look to be doing very well. But they'll certainly be rested, rested for those meets so that they can actually do really well when they get there. 
Well, John, it's incredibly fascinating. And I always love the opportunity to get to learn about new sports. I love sports. I love being a connoisseur of sports. And I was always intrigued by the world of swimming because of my aforementioned friendship yeah. with uh, with a now coach down in UL, Mr. Michael McCarthy. So yeah. It, it's yeah. always something that's incredibly interesting to me. And thank you for being able to give us a bit of an insight into the world that you're involved in and into what you do. You're more than welcome, and thanks for the opportunity to let people know what, what these kids do, you know. And uh, so we're always, I suppose, looking for, for new participants and what it is to try and develop kids as well. They can contact us and let us know they're interested in trying to get their kids involved in swimming. But again, for, for parents out there to be aware that they need to get used to getting up early if they want their kids to be swimmers. Sorry, you cut off a small bit there, John. Did you give any Sorry. information in regards to where people can get in touch? Yeah, I mean, if you have a look at the, our website, kilkennyswimmingclub.ie, it will give some information there, and we also have a Facebook page, kilkennyswimmingclub.ie, and that should give all the contact details that, they, that the people should need for it. John, thank you ever so much. I really appreciate that. We'll have an article up on the week on scoreline.ie as well, and we'll put in all those details. Thanks very much, John. I really appreciate no it, sir. No problem. You're very welcome, Jen. Take care. Have a good day. John Duffy, Kilkenny Swimming Club coach, speaking to us about the recent success in the Winter Nationals for Kilkenny Swimming Club and beyond what they have planned for 2023. Fascinating stuff. I really, I, I genuinely enjoy getting to learn about all these different sports. Uh, we'll be hearing from Joe Sheehan very soon as well from the world of greyhound racing. Don't go anywhere. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. You're very welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Just gone at three o'clock. Don't forget, coming up at four, you'll be hearing from Michael Fenley, ahead of Kilkenny's Walsh Cup tie and encounter with Leash and his thoughts on Shamrock's All-Ireland prospects. But you if you've been listening to this show over the past two and a half years, you know me and Robbie love a bit of soccer and we only say soccer not to get confused with all the Gaelic football that does been going on and we're loving following the journey over the past few years of what's been happening with new old boys. I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by David O'Shea. David, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Shane, and yourself. Hi, Robbie. We're trying to be good anyway. Good, thanks, Dave. Good, good. David, uh, we'll start with the, some of the biggest news that came out there in the past while, and it is in regards to the LFA Senior Cup. The draw has been made last 16. It's brilliant that New Oak Boys is there, but you're going to be welcoming none other than Bray Wanderers to the Burn Road. Um, yeah, um, well, of course, first of all, it's fantastic to be, um, you know, at this stage of the competition. Um, I'm just thinking back on a couple of the games there that we had to play from the start of the year. We had trim away in the first round with Leinster Senior, which was a momentous battle up there. We were away. We managed to come out on top. Um, you know, we were 2 0 down early on in the game, and we actually turned things around. And we had probably the best, one of the best performances of the year thus far that day. So that stands out as a major, major win for us. And we were lucky then that we managed to get two home draws in the following fixtures. We had. Kilbarrick, uh, also a top team from Dublin, um, down in Newark. Um, I think the game finished one nil that day, but I found we were actually very comfortable. And then a couple of weeks later, then we had Colester Donny Carney, who I think won the Intermediate League in Dublin last year. So a very, very strong side. A couple of uh, junior international players. And that went down to the wire as well. It was a real classic cup tie. Um, you know, someone had to take the lead and then we'd, we'd saw one back and the same thing happened again and it ended up going to penalties and um, surprisingly enough I actually was forced to take one that day because <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good penalties going in there was nobody really missing or anything so I'd normally never put my name forward but I was lucky enough now on that day I, 
I just I, I, I picked the spot and stuck with it and it worked out in our favour. So yeah, we're we're in the last sixteen now with the with the big dogs I suppose you'd say. Um, but in terms of the draw itself, you know, whoever we're going to be drawn against this at this stage, Shane, we're going to be seen as underdogs. And, you know, rightfully so, there's two intermediate teams left in the competition, along with ourselves, North End, and the winners are Usher and Gory Celtic. Uh, the rest of the League of Ireland, the Premier Division, or the First Division, but, you know, it's it's going to be a major step up. Um, I suppose one thing you can take from it is we got a home draw, which should give us somewhat of advantage in, in that terms. Um, and, you know, very hard to know how strong Grey are going to be uh, they're obviously going to be uh, you know uh, a step up from, from junior soccer without a doubt uh, I see they're after making a lot of new signings but because we're catching them maybe let's say at the, the start of their season um, whilst we're kind of coming towards the middle of ours you know there's something else that hopefully will stand to his fitness wise and stuff so yeah exciting few weeks ahead yeah, and like we followed the journey there over the past few years, but just having that tremendous season last year, you mentioned North End, and we might discuss that LFA Cup semi final in, in just a bit. But one of the, when we were talking to Connor Byrne, he, he was nothing but complimentary, and you can see it on your social media pages, which are so active. And have nothing but praise for one Mr. Dean Kelly. I heard he's off to Canada now. He may have played his last game, maybe not ever for the club, but for the foreseeable. How crucial was he to the success of last year and how much will you miss him now going forward, especially considering you have that huge game against Bray? Look, lads, there's no point trying to downplay how much of a loss, a loss Dean Kelly is going to be. Um, you know, he's he's irreplaceable. Um just such a such a talented footballer, um, you know, um, a real leader on the pitch. Even though, given his age, you know, he's probably I think Dean is twenty six mm. and might be at twenty six today. But a real leader on on and off the pitch, you know, his standards never drop when it comes to training and stuff like that. Fabulous player. Um, so yeah, he's going to be without a shadow of a doubt. You know, I was kind of laughing to myself there um, last weekend after he played his final game there with him for for the time being. Anyway. I was thinking, God, there's more tribute uh, coming in here on social media to Dean Kelly than there was to Pele when he passed away, <laughs> Lord rest him. You know, but it just goes to show, you know, what everybody thought to him. And it's not just the walk players and the walk supporters, you know. It was coming from, you know, the followers of the Carroll League, you know, having, uh, you know, wishing him well. And, you know, he, he put a smile on so many people's faces there on a Sunday morning when he was working to see what he was able to do with free kicks and skills and just his, his general play and stuff. So, look, he's huge lot. Um, but this season, I have to say, we're lucky. We were kind of short on um, replacement uh, last year, especially, and you know, on a couple of years previous as well, like that. But we're very lucky now this year that we're after making the two signs that we have cover in all areas. And you know, I I fully believe now that whoever's going to step in, there's three or four people that I can think now that will be playing in Dino's position over the coming weeks. And I know for a fact that they do a great job. You know, they mightn't have that. Um, no one. Sorry, I don't think uh, that take a position kind of has that kind of style about them. But we have guys there that are willing to work themselves, you know, into the ground, and that you know will definitely play a big part in our season and the upcoming games. And just with regards to something that you mentioned there, and I picked up on David the the Bray Wonders game itself. You're obviously going to be heavy underdogs in many people's eyes do you steer into that in your preparations for it maybe you know nobody's given us a chance and that you can use that to your advantage 
Um, yeah, without a doubt. I find um, over the past couple of seasons and stuff like that, I find that, you know, the group of lads we have, you know, everybody is confident in what we can do. And I find when it kind of comes to a big game and the lead up to a big game, that there's, you know, we don't look too much into it. We just knuckle down, get our training done. You know, I, I know when I sit down in the dressing room on that Sunday morning or that Sunday afternoon or whatever it is, and I look at the lab beside me, I know, look, I, I, I can trust that this lad is going to give 100%. And that's just kind of the, the team spirit that we're after building up over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, anything can happen. We're after turning, up, uh, turning over a lot of big names over the last couple of seasons and stuff like that. We have them at home. We'll give it our best. You know, things might work out for us on the day. But certainly, you know, we're going to leave everything out in the field anyway. And we'll try to get another day out without a doubt. And when you get to this stage of the competition, you're never going to have any easy days. And considering what happened last year in regards to the LFA Junior Cup and the semi-final to North End, we were gutted here in KCLR because we were hoping for an evergreen New Oak final. And ultimately, that didn't happen with neither side progressing. But does that give you now extra impetus for to go on for the Senior Cup um, and a possible tie with Shamrock Rovers after it? Yeah, of course. Look, any like at the end of the day, like your your league, uh, your domestic league is always going to be a bread and bread and butter. You know, um, that's the most important thing. But you know, we're we're after kind of proving, I think, to ourselves and to the Carroll League and even the outside people watching in and stuff like that. You know, that we're able to do it year in year out. This we're after doing it two years in the track. We're after remaining unbeaten and stuff like that. You know, everything is going well in the domestic league and it's going to remain number one focus. But you know, when you're playing well and you're getting opportunities to play in the outside competitions, we're after having two Leinster Junior Cup semi-finals that were after falling. You know, we're kind of after falling at that hurdle. We had a quarter-final then a couple of years ago as well against a really, really strong service side. Um, and, you know, then we're pushing ourselves this year in the Leinster Senior Cup. But, you know, that's where we want to be. And, you know, we're there on merit. It's not as if, you know, we're getting... You know, nobody is handing us these ties and these opportunities to play against the bigger teams and stuff like that. We're working hard. The coaches, Gavin, John, you know, um, lad, Eddie Shaw, lads that are helping us out there, even on the the outskirts of kind of the team itself, whether it's doing work on the social media, stuff in the background in the club and stuff like that. You know, we deserve to be where we are and we're not taking anything for granted. And you know what? We're, we're going to do our best to give the supporters and the Carroll League and ourselves another day out in big competitions because that's what we want and that's what we're aiming for. And you mentioned there the fact that the league is obviously your bread and butter and, and the most important competition for any team, um, not just in Ireland but even beyond that again. But is it tough when you have the outside competitions and you're playing catch-up? I know there recently, I think it was last week even, you had a game on the Friday night and then you had to play on the Sunday. Is that kind of quick run of games difficult to deal with when it comes or how do you approach that situation? Uh, yeah, look, it's difficult. Like I'd imagine, there's uh, while you mentioned Conor Byrne there, maybe myself and Conor Byrne and a few of the older lads that are kind of getting towards the end of our careers might find it a bit more challenging um, having two games in one weekend than the younger lads. But no, I think it suits us. It's all about momentum, and I find after the turn, the Christmas break, um, you know, I'm trying to think back to last season. We might have been ahead going into Christmas, but this season we were behind. You know, we might have been second or third in the table. So I think it's all about momentum. You just keep knocking off the games. If you can get your three points, park it there, you're back training Tuesday night and then you're moving on to the next game. You know, we want, don't want to look too far ahead, but, you know, momentum is a massive thing when it comes to, you know, winning leagues and picking up points. You know, if you're going well, you keep that ball rolling and, you know, a lot of them guys, whether they're tired or whether they're sore or whether they're picking up knocks, if you keep winning games, that's what it's all about, you know. So, 
there's a great buzz around the place at the minute and long may it continue and talking about picking up momentum you certainly have the games to be able to establish some momentum there when you're looking at the FAI Junior Cup I know it was a tough day out against Gorey Rangers but then you have the LFA Junior Cup and you're coming away with a victory over uh, Green Park FC and you had that big win over Carnu as well and obviously then the KCLR Shield you're up in the semi-final with Vale Wanderers it's really setting out to be another successful year and what I wanted to ask you because I remember coming up against New York Boys when I used to play with Booters at school by level and uh, at underage like what has it been about Newark that has allowed them to be so successful over the past while what is the culture within the club um, well look I suppose I'm with the club a long time now and I'm after playing with some fantastic soccer players and some fantastic teams but you know the success wasn't really there you know things seemed to dry up I think the first season I came into Newark I might have been 20 or so like that and I was very lucky enough that I I managed to be on a, a league with inside there. Lee Murphy was in his prime. Um, and a few of the other players like Davey Walker and Gavin Dowling Dow- and Ladd, that you probably have spoken to on the show before. But, you know, things dried up there, even though we had good teams and good young lads coming through and stuff like that. But, you know, we were just lacking something. And, you know, to ask me to put my finger on it directly is tough. But, you know, I think that the core of that team is kind of after seeing a lot of ups and downs and after having a few heartbreaks in the last days of the season, you know, in, in you know, thinking back five or six years ago, you know, normally the Carlo League is so tight that it goes down to the last game of the season and you're hoping for someone to do a favour for you or you're hoping for a draw here or there. But I just think in recent years, the body of the team has remained the same. We have great uh, coaching staff there involved, you know, Gavin Dowling is after taking over the reins there the last couple of seasons. And I think from being a past player and from playing with some of us, you know, myself and Lee Murphy and a few of the other lads and stuff like that, it's nice to kind of have that follow-on and the connection. And you kind of really feel that, um, you know, these lads are here because they know that we can do well and just pushing us on that extra bit. Um, you know, you have John John McGrath there that's after coming in um, and he's a great help around the place. You know, he's... Uh, He's really buying into what we want to do and where we want to be at the end of the season. Eddie Shaw, <laughs> I, I, I laugh at Eddie Shaw. Eddie Shaw, it's like he just can't seem to let go of New York. He, he, he's in around the coaching staff there for a year or two and then he disappears for a year and he, he's back again, you know, but he's fantastic. Like He's one of these people now that's just soccer mad. He loves it. You know, um, it's just, you know, that's it. The lads kind of know what we're able to do and, you know, when you when you go far in these competitions and you get to your Leinster quarterfinals and you get to your Leinster semi-finals and you see how close you are to picking up silverware in outside competitions and and how well you do domestically, then last year, for example, four trophies is you know it's fantastic, you know, and that's what we want to do year in year out, uh, you know, whether and, and and maybe go the next step in the Leinster competition and you know get a big day out against the likes of Shamrock Rovers and Bray Wanderers and stuff like that and. I think that's what that's the difference. You know, once you kind of start tasting a bit of success, you just want more, and we're hungry. You know, we're hungry, and that's from the young lads to all the way up to, let's say, myself and Lee Murphy, the people who are coming towards the end of the career. I want as much silverware on the table and medals at home in the drawer before I finish that I can get my hands on. So I suppose that's that's kind of my take on it, Shane. Well, it's it's tremendous getting to follow that journey, and you were mentioning getting a laugh there. I get some laugh and getting 
to follow the journey while we're on air here on KCNR, uh, one Mr. Gaffney on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, actually brilliant. Uh, Tony Gaffney, sir. You know, in fairness, like you even mentioned it yourself there, self previously, previously, one of the questions there, just kind of the things that are going on in social media and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it, you'd be surprised actually how much that benefits the team and the club. You know, you're getting your name out there, you know, you're getting your you, the activity on the tweets and you're getting your retweets and your followers and the fans are picking up on it and, you know, they're adding their few comments here and there, congratulations, well done and keep it going, you know, and the team forwarders are go, going in every week, match reports, you know, it's brilliant, like, you know, um, and uh, I, I, I can't confer it and, you know, it, it's great. It's just, it, it's adding, like, you know, this kind, of, this kind of machine that you're trying to build about just the club and the team and trying to keep the ball rolling and build momentum and stuff like that. And it's a massive part of it, you know, so it's great. Like, he gets a bit of slagging over as well. Cause, uh, oh, I've seen that as well, yeah. I think, uh, I'm trying to think back, I think it was last year there, like, when Tony started taking all the team photos and stuff like that. I remember someone had a comment, uh, whether it was down in Carpenters after a game or something like that, they were asking Tony Gaffney, was he taking the photos on the toaster? Because <laughs> the quality of the pictures were so bad. bad. So, as far as I know, um, Carl and Keelan um, got a few pounds together there over the Christmas time or something and they bought me a new iPhone or something like that so if you notice the improvement in the quality of the pictures you can thank the two sons for that Carl and Keelan ah, That's a brilliant story David I'm not going to take up much more of your time you'll probably have a match now to prepare for your up again tomorrow against Bally Murphy Celtic and Bally Murphy will be gunning for a first win so they'll no doubt try to be providing tough opposition but thanks so much for kind of giving us a rundown on the club we'll be following that journey all the way like we did last year because it's just a tremendous story getting to see what true local sport is all about getting a community involved and getting to celebrate successes and commiserate losses it's just brilliant to see and you know you'd be an envy of a lot of teams in Kilkenny and Carlo Listen Shane thanks very much pleasure talking to you David O'Shea there, ladies and gentlemen, from New Oak Boys. They're out again tomorrow, as I said, against Bally Murphy Celtic. But before the end of the month, I don't know if there's a date confirmed as of yet, they'll be welcoming none other than Bray Wonders to the Burren Road. We're going to take a quick ad break there. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Very exciting action this weekend in the Greyhound Racing World and some really nice performances in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night in our 10 race card. Sawdust, good job. Put in a fantastic run in the ninth race for trainer Mert Lahey and the Chisel Syndicate, giving the Syndicate yet again another good night out, having won over €5,000 on prize money to date in its career. Sawdust, good job, has been a wonderful servant for connections and many more good nights ahead for them indeed winning in 29-27 and went off the 4-6 to six favourite for the race well backed last night. Random Rosie took the last race on the card in a time of 29-01 owned and trained by Bernadette Minogue. Really nice performance by Random Rosie. Some exceptional performances elsewhere in the card. The likes of Belly Bock Champ winning in 29-06 for owner Pat Carroll and trainer Murph Lahey who was on the score sheet more than once last night. Very shrewd trainer indeed Murph Lahey and all his team. Bogger Dusty 
was also victorious last night for owner trainer Liam Peacock in a time in 29 3, only a May 21 whelp. This son of Droopy's biker and a very exciting future indeed for Bogger Dusty. So well done to all of those involved in the action in Kilkenny Ground Stadium last night. A very exciting 10 race card indeed. The first sales of the year in Kilkenny Ground Stadium will take place on February 4th. So get your entries in to the track there if you are interested in partaking or perhaps even you might want to invest in a greyhound or a syndicate it's a fantastic way of making friends and having great nights out and the sales are on on february 4th in kilkenny greyhound stadium so if it's something you might be interested on put your date in the diary february 4th in kilkenny greyhound stadium a very exciting 2023 ahead indeed lots of fundraisers coming up in kilkenny greyhound stadium and each ga club in kilkenny and carlo has received a booklet and information from the kilkenny greyhound stadium at the moment and it's a wonderful way for your ga club your charity or any organization to make good money and have a very very exciting night out if you are interested in holding a fundraiser in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium phone zero five six seven seven two one two one four that's zero five six seven seven two one two one four track manager Tom Canan will be more than delighted to handle your inquiries and bookings lots of action coming up in the coming weeks and months the Kilkenny track A2 starts next Friday 24 Greyhounds and that's lots of prize money involved there the Kilkenny track Novice 2 Novice 3 starts on the 27th of January the RCETS A355 starts on February 3rd and the McCalmon Cup one of the most exciting competitions of the year begins on March 3rd so lots of exciting action taking place in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium in the coming weeks and months ahead elsewhere we switch our attention to Shelburne Greyhound Stadium where tonight we have some very very exciting action indeed and lots of local runners involved so wonderful to see our local greyhounds doing so well right across the country and even in the UK where they did so well last year in the English Greyhound Derby Tonight in Shelburne Park, as we said, we have the Talking Dogs A1 525 semi final. Almost €4,000 prize money in this one in the first semi final. Priceless King runs for Brian Murphy and Kathleen Murphy, who have enjoyed plenty of success in Kilkenny over the years. Very exciting ground. Priceless King indeed having clock time such as 2861 and 2847 even around Shelburne Park. Has a big chance from Trap 2 tonight in the first semi-final in the second semi-final trap four johnny's gem for the gem spring syndicate of jerk and and trainer mert lahey runs from trap four in the second semi-final of the talking dogs a1 competition tonight a very exciting competition indeed of course Shelburne park has some fantastic racing and wonderful to see our locally connected grounds competing so well up in hq in Shelburne park we also have the AO 550 semi-finals on tonight where Stories Cash Out carries local hopes in the first semi-final for trainer Mert Lahey who was on the score sheet as we said in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium tonight and looks to have a good chance to be in the score sheet again tonight in Shelburne Park with Stories Cash Out. For owner Gavin O'Mahony of course who's a wonderful supporter of the Greyhound Racing Game and sponsors fantastic competitions in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium so best of luck to Gavin, Mert Lahey, all the Lahey family and all connections of stories cash out tonight in Shelburne Park. In the second semi-final, Lou Jano runs for the Club of Champions Syndicate and trainer Mert Lahey from Trap 5, the Orange Jacket, having finished second last time out last week in, Kil- in Shelburne Park, should I say, 
and a very nice performance. Is in good form at the moment. Has been a wonderful connection. Servant to all connections to date. And Lugiano has a big chance from trap five tonight. So best of luck to all our local runners in Shelburne Park tonight and across the country. And we're looking forward to a very, very exciting couple of weeks and months ahead in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium for any fundraisers. Get calling Kilkenny Track, Tom Canan, 0567721214. Looking forward to having your fundraiser in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. Lots of bookings coming in and very exciting year ahead indeed. Eddie Golf Scramble today down in Gorham Park Golf Course really successful launch of Tiesta's Day which is coming up in just over two weeks time Yeah Robbie it was uh, a bit different uh, we said we'd, we'd try to do something a bit different there's so many jockeys to play golf we just thought look it'd be a bit of crack you know to invite them all in there as you might, people might be able to hear that little bang in the background like that's Niall Slippers Madden Grand National Willing Jockey there a couple of years back on number 6 Valverde smacking off but it was just I thought it'd be a nice fun day to bring lads that all love golf together down here for around the golf and just a nice casual way of launching it and it's it's, it's worked really well yeah and it has worked really well and I think you can tell that everyone is kind of just enjoyed the day and lucky enough we had the weather for it as well that's it yeah but it's it, like it is cold I suppose it is January Robbie but um, they all seem to be enjoying it and it was nice as well that we had a mix of you know ex-jockeys and current jockeys and then some hurlers as well the likes of TJ Reid delighted to see TJ giving up his day there today to come in and play with us and same with Michael Fenley as well I haven't seen Michael in a long time and it was great to see Michael down there today so you know it's it, it's it's brilliant that they're all supporting what is our biggest day of the year and you know it's vital for us to we're seen to, to drive it on so it's, it's it's brilliant to have them all here You said it there yourself test is the as the motto says it really is the race that stops the county how preparations been like so far and obviously coming up to the big day itself on the 26th of January Yeah everything's going really well at the moment um, the kind of all the sales and marketing stuff is all booked planned and done the ads are all done and that so now with all, all our focus is on the track side of things uh, the weather's been quite favourable the last few days uh, Raymond was able to get a bit of a cut on the grass today as well which is great this time of the year you generally wouldn't be able to do that so it was great that he was able to get out there but I think the next two weeks now it really hots up for us the enclosures trying to get everything all the marquees and temporary structures in place and then obviously the likes of the fence building and the hurdles and stuff Paul and the boys on the track and Razzie will manage all that stuff and I'll worry about the enclosures but everything's going to plan at the moment so just can't wait to get it on now and what will the crowds be like here in in two weeks time Eddie I mean it is as you said the biggest day of the year is it really important from your side of things that everything goes as slickly as possible yeah look it is it's it's our biggest day it's the first day of the year it's you know it, this and Red Mills there are the two biggest fixtures we have in the whole year so it's it's vital for us Red Mills comes two weeks later as I often say I get to correct any mistakes I make on Red Mills day you know after Tiestes but generally I think we have most of the stuff right down to, to a fine art at this stage the parking and the structures like that but look there's going to be a big crowd there always is you know Hopefully we'll have we'll have nice weather on the day and it won't be you know it won't be a, a miserable wet day for the public coming but they're still coming their droves and you know our side of it is to just make sure everybody when they get here they're able to enjoy themselves and we'll be doing our damnedest to make sure that is the case. And what sort of names are involved, Eddie? At the moment, see, look, you're talking about the likes of Willie Mullins, Gordon Elliott, Henry Bromhead. They're all going to be doubly and triply entered into this race. The the first of the actual entries for the Tiestes comes out in the next couple of days, so we get to see what the early entries are looking at. But at the moment, you know, it's it's a race that always throws up the big names. So we're, you know, you're guaranteed you're going to see a couple of superstars. The Galway Hurdle is on in the day as well. That always brings in some of the biggest names in racing too. So, look, I, I see no reason why we're not going to be treated to another exhibition of horse racing here in Gorn, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I know 
know unfortunately it's been revealed at two time winner Jack Kennedy may be in doubt in terms of he's fractured his leg does it look like he's going to be able to make it or have you heard any news on that? Uh, two of the guys playing here today now Busty Ammon to be Gordon's assistant trainer and Mouse Ryan to be the main purchaser in Gordon's yard they were there today they said that Jackie was um, in Nace this morning um, you know he's there on crutches they reckon he's not going to need um major surgery they're hoping he's not anyway but look Tiestas is going to be way too close anyway there's no way he's going to be available for that I'd say the target for him and it'd be a real ambitious target now will be Cheltenham in March I mean it's a, it's a leg break and look I just feel so sorry for Jack he's a, he's a super fella 23 years of age brilliant brilliant jockey he was heading towards becoming champion jockey this year and another bang and he's, he's set back again but look you know they, unfortunately these knocks come with the game but Jack's a brilliant guy and he'll be back soon enough and look he won't have to rush it whenever he gets back he gets back this period <laughs> needless to say is hectic for yourself is it enjoyable? Oh it is it's the most enjoyable time of the year you know when you're flat out and you're busy and all you don't have time to be worrying about mundane stuff and whatnot. like even you take a day like today you know Mondays can be drawn on and dragged on Baltic cold now granted I feel like I've no hands at the moment but this is you talk to your brother but it's no it is like you know you're putting these things in place and from here on right up until Tiesta's day now it's just plan 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 and then the morning after the Tiesta's the next morning we're here on the Friday morning to launch Red Mills and you know it just the wheels start spinning and it spins quickly from now until holding plant rent in the middle of March so this is my favourite time of the year I can't wait to get going and just for yourself Eddie on the hurling side of things obviously it's been revealed that you're the new Bangalstown Gales manager looking forward to that challenge yeah I can't wait um, I'm going to obviously miss it with blacks and whites I have lots of friends there and you know it's been a, it's been a brilliant four years for me down there but you know it's, it is a new challenge for me and blacks and whites will have their own challenges at Intermediate this year it's a new challenge for me going to Carlo I went to watch the Carlo senior hurling team play the other day there was a couple of Bangalstown Gales lads involved so I'm getting to see some of the boys that will be playing with me and more importantly some of the boys that are going to be playing against me um, look I I've no doubt in my mind the challenge that faces me but I'm really looking forward to it and I met with the lads last week in Bagnastown and they seem like a brilliant bunch of people so hopefully we'll have some great fun over the next couple of years as well And when does everything start back with them? Does it start quite soon? You said you had a meeting there when, when will you actually get into the training side of things? It's, it's a long season so like what we're going to do is probably start collective training in the gyms from next week maybe Friday night do one night a week for the first four or five weeks and then slowly build it up from there Bagnastown it's a little bit more of a challenge for me because obviously I have a lot of players involved with counties but also it's a football club and Ireland club so you know that's going to have to be managed too so I don't want lads out four nights a week so we'll, we'll, we'll plan that and do it as best as we can but it'll start next week and then it'll just build up as over time and Just a word on the Carlo Intercounty side you mentioned there you're at Netwatch Cullen Park on Sunday for their second round Keogh Cup game against Wicklow they were very heavy victors in the end um, how do you see Tom and Lally's side progressing this year I suppose the aim will be to probably go on and try and win that Joe McDonough Cup Yeah look that, that's going to be the challenge that, that everybody in Carlo measure them on is, is, is trying to win the Joe Mac very hard to gauge them on yesterday's performance uh, Wicklow to be fair were very weak but I think I think you know you know he's going to have to be realistic and the Joe Mac it has to be his target um, a disappointing result last year against Curry ultimately cost him the, the Joe McDonough I think genuinely yeah. did um, they ran Antrim extremely close I think it was Antrim up in or yeah in Antrim and then the, the game in O'Connor Park and Tullamore they beat awfully that day so they won't fare anybody um, and they need to be respected as well I, I heard the interview on Sunday with the awfully Michael Dignan kind of was pointing out I think it was Michael Dignan was saying it and he mentioned some of the people that he thought could be there or thereabouts and he didn't mention Carlo so I'm sure the Carlo people will listen to that interview again 
Um, Go on. And, and from a Kilkenny perspective, we'll move on swiftly from that. Um, Kilkenny first game under Derek Ling, obviously in the Walsh Cup. Um, probably unconvincing, you'd have to say. Well, it is very early stages. I don't think anyone would be too worried um, with the fact that they didn't beat awfully comprehensively. But how would you assess kind of his start to things with Kilkenny and going forward? Is the aim for them simply, like we said with Carlo, to win the John McDonough Cup? Do they have to go on and win Northern Ireland? When I spoke to him, he said that has to always be the ambition in Kilkenny. Oh, yeah. Look, like you know, Kilkenny in Ireland is like Korean football. You're judged on winning all Ireland, and they have to go and do that. Um, I wouldn't be reading into Derek's start at all against Offaly. I mean, it was great to see some new lads getting run outs there. I see Billy Drennan had a good game there, a full forward. I think Ian Byrne did okay at corner forward. Bill Sheen had a good game. Just look, Derek's going to take a bit of time. He's going to need to be given a bit of time as well. And, you know, I, I, I see no reason why Kilkenny can't be competitive at the business end of it. They're always going to be seeing Galway giving a trounce into Westmead yesterday. I think they'd be the team I'd be watching this year. Uh, I genuinely mean that as well. I think Galway, would be, I think I say this every year, but Galway are the team I'd be watching strongly this year. But, um, no, I, I really wish Derek the best now because he's a really good guy, you know, and hopefully he'll just get that tune out of the Kilkenny team and bring them on that little bit of a notch. And a quick word on Leeds United. I can't... Um avoid talking about that uh, how are you assessing the new year again a draw with West Ham recently and then the draw in the cup against Cardiff City uh, how do you see the new year going for Jesse Marsh's side yeah I'm one of the people that think give him a chance I'm not into these people sack him every week he's only had two wins in 16 games I'm finding it hard to defend him at the moment but I, I just feel sorry for him a little bit but look it's 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 important for us to start getting results you need points on the board pretty quick it's important for us but it's more important for Jesse I think if he doesn't get a win soon he's, he's going to be in trouble but We'll be safe. We've got famous last words, but I, I think we've a good team. If we can get a good transfer window there this year, I think we'll be pushing on. I think Jesse could save himself then, and and, and we can kick on from there. So look, onwards and upwards. Don't ever support Leeds United. Like it's just a health warning. It should come with supporting this club. And finally, Eddie, back on the radio on the New Year every Friday from six to seven. Yeah, can't wait. Lovely warm studio. You won't be out here nearly losing fingers in the cold, Robbie. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing you then, and best of luck with Tiestas there. Thanks very much, Eddie. Brilliant. Thanks a million, Robbie. Shark, have you had a runner in the Aintree National before? No, definitely hadn't. So I don't know, I'd probably have two in it this year, so it'll be, it'll be a change. So and Cape Gentleman, you got him from Emmett's. Um, how did that come about and, and who's the owners? And, and explain that. They're American owners, so they're, they won the National in 1923. And um, the looking to buy Hewick. And um, he wasn't for sale. And he said to me, is any chance of getting me a horse for it? And I went through the English horses, the Irish horses, and um, there's not too many English horses, Irish horses, rated over 150, that's for sale. And we bound it down to three, and uh, one of them then wasn't old enough, he was only a six-year-old, and the other horse was a horse that had problems and couldn't be kept sound, so we we were left with Cave Gentlemen. But um, these people have the box taken in front of the line, I think for the last five years I've taken for this year because there's a good group coming from America. I think there's 30 coming from America and he just wanted a runner. He said, I don't care where he finishes as long as he runs, that'll do. So, um, and did that arise out of the American Grand National? Yeah, it did, yeah. I've arrived out. Well, they rang me before the American Grand National to see would he be sold and now we could have got a lot of money for him but um, the owner was happy enough to keep him and I was very happy to keep him and um, then we went to America after that we got I, I got a bunch of phone calls from America for diff- different kinds of horse but this man wanted a horse for the nation and um, 
He's done a hard cycle fine. He's done a hard cycle fine. It's, that's hard to believe, I think, that for uh, an English national, that you, you'd say, Jesus, there'd be no problem in picking up a horse for it. And you go into the, you have Gigginstown, JP, you have Willie, you have, you know, all the big lads have the horses for the national, and they're not for sale. They're just not for sale, and that's and, it. And, and it's incredible to think that for a horse that's viewed all over the world, the horse you've bought is owned by a man who lives just down the road and trained by a fellow who's literally over the road. It's amazing, so it is. And I always liked Cape Jet, man. I thought he was a nice horse from, like, from when Emma got him first. Now, the problem with Cape Jet, man, will he stay the trip? Do you know, it, it's a 50-50, but there's nothing else there. There was nothing else there. And this man, he goes to America, back to, the horse goes to America after the national. And uh, because there was plenty of opportunity, I think he's a real American horse because good ground out there and that's what the horse wants but I have him now at March anyway and we'll enjoy it he'll go to Tartan next week uh, next Sunday there's a three mile four chase in it and he goes over there for that race we'll, we'll look forward to going on to then with him so and, we're you, and you've mentioned that you've two runners in the race what's the other one? Hewick he'll go alright oh, okay Hewick go for the English Grand he'll go for the English Grand yeah um, that's the plan he, he'll go for the he'll go for the Gold Cup and we give him a run in the Gold Cup and get him ready for the English Grand National. Well, I would have thought you were going to give him more than a run in the Gold Cup now. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, listen, we'll see what will happen in the Gold Cup. You know, like he'd be trying for his life in it. But I don't know if he'd, he'd be good enough for it. But there's a lot of horses in the Gold Cup, I suppose, that are, are um, little bit ifs about him. You know, um, like Willie's horse, does he stay the trip? We know that Hughie can stay the trip. And we'll make plenty of use on him. If he gets beaten, he'll be told to mind him. And um, he definitely he'd go on he'd go on then for the national because we know he'll stay the, he'll stay the trip in the national and it's probably ideal for him. And from the point of view of you preparing him for the Gold Cup, I off the top of my head I can't remember a horse not running over the winter and being aimed at the Gold Cup. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be a massive ask. It's going to be a massive. Ask. He's back in for the last uh, ten days there. He wants good ground. And I just don't see any point in running a horse like him during the winter. Look at the ground that we're having, heavy ground. Pull the tail end out of him and don't have a horse for the rest of the year. So um, I'd rather go straight there, take our chance and go on to the national him. It was massive for you now to have the exposure and the attention on you, but to have two real contenders in the national is pretty extraordinary. That's great. That's great. So just listen, you're going over there hoping that one of the two will do the job or you know, at least it'd run well. And I think both horses in the national, I'd say both of them will run well. Um, Hewick is probably just maybe a little bit classier than the other horse, but the other horse, will, uh, do, he'll do the job as well. So and the American owners are over, going to be over for it and have the box taken and it's going to be a big day over there. Uh, it could be a big couple of days over there, so good. You know, it might take more than one. And from but, your own point of view, the fact that you can attract those American owners to invest their dollars in Irish bloodstock with a view to maybe racing them over here, leaving them over here, or you know, extending their career to race again in America. How big of a boost is that for you? It's a non-real boost. Since I went to America and uh, the horse won in America, the business that I'm after getting from America is unreal. Like I, I'm after, I think Rachel said we, in the month of December, we registered 22 new owners and there's 17 of them from America. Right. From 22, so and there's a few new people who came around from at home as well. But, um, like I bought horses in Newmarket, there I kind of buy, I'm not buying pint to pint horses because all these owners 
are hoping that we'll be able to go to America maybe next year when we're, they're all three and four year olds or the year after. So I'm buying a horse off the flat that Ray had in Nahi in nineties over there to take a lot of beating. So like we'll be looking forward to I think next next year I'm after picking out four different meetings in America that I'm going to go to with different horses. For me, it's great. It's not Ireland, but uh, I don't mind travelling. Have horse will travel. <laughs> I remember there was a great photograph taken of you and Paddy after you won the national. Paddy and yourself, you were obviously emotional. And you mentioned when you won the plate that it was the first time that your mum and dad had been at Galway when you won the when you won the plate. So, from your own point of view and your family's point of view, what kind of an impact has Hewick had on you? Because obviously, Paddy was very close to. Poor Jack de Bromhead, who sadly lost his life last year. It's been a massive thing for you on a personal level. Ah, listen, what I remember when the horse won in America and we were walking around and we were all celebrating and having a bit of fun. I saw Paddy going off with the horse down, a small bit, and I knew there was something wrong. And when I went down to him, he was roaring. And it was all because of Jack, you know. But listen, I said to him, only for Jack, I said, we mightn't be here. So that was, that's the way I looked at it. But for him and for everyone... It was brilliant, and it's brilliant. I think it was brilliant for Irish racing when we went to America and won in America. I gave everyone a boost, and even today, if you you'll meet people today that didn't know you or whatever, they're all coming up to shake hands and yeah. what you done, like, and that's what Irish racing needs. Irish racing needs more of it for the small people. Like, it's it's great with Willie and Gordon, and they deserve all the success because they're putting the money into it. But when you can buy a horse for small money and go and win a, a pot like that. It, it, it brings a lot it brings the small people back into consideration again just talking to Seamus Fahey the other day like he's after getting new owners over because of what what I've done Alan King rang me three or four days after the race and just said well done he says you've done a lot for English race and he said what you've done and I said Jesus I don't know about that well he said I'll tell you a little story he said I had a crew that came to me he said to buy a horse the day before the horse ran and they rang, they were going to take him, then they rang to say they wouldn't take him. And then he said, with all the show of your horse beyond, they rang me the day after, as if it was the horse there still, that they take him. And he asked him why. And he said, well, sure, he said, Shark ended up in America with a grade one winner, he said. So he says, it's a chance for us all. So, like, it's just, you know, it gives everyone a chance. It gives every small trainer a chance, and it gives everyone a chance to get a good horse. You don't have to be given these hundreds of thousands for horses. Horses don't know what to cost. My final question <clears> is, <throat> you celebrated well over in America, um, you give it a proper kick and you give it a kick when you came home. From your own point of view, if you have a horse who's going to compete in the Gold Cup and you've two shots at a Grand National, what will the celebrations be like? It'll be unreal, so if we could finish in the first three, we'll be delighted, so we'll. And listen, it's great for, it's great because I have my two sons involved now with me and it's a big thing, so it is, you know, to, to have Rachel there, you know Rachel, she's, part, she's a big part of the, of the wheel. And uh, the two boys are there now, and they're looking forward to the national. and they're looking forward to going to America. It's the biggest job I try and keep me into school. That's the biggest problem I have at the moment with the two boys. But, like, it's, it's, it's great because they're involved with us, and it means an awful lot to me. Mm-hmm.